As I begin, I forgot to introduce someone to you who is a guest with us today, Father Kevin McKenzie, who is with the uh, Legionaries community that resides here in Cincinnati and, and helps out quite a bit in different ways. Uh, friends of uh, the Brinkman and, and Gates family and a few other folks that are here today as well. So uh, welcome to you, Father Kevin, uh, for being with us today. A number of years ago, I uh, was in a classroom with a bunch of second graders uh, teaching them or trying to teach them about uh, reconciliation since they were going to be receiving that sacrament. And uh, we're talking about the Ten Commandments, and you know, I'm asking them questions about you know, you know, the First Commandment, Second, Third, Fourth, etc. So we get to the Fourth Commandment, and I said, um, you know, without giving anything away, I guess, um, you know, is there a commandment about how you're supposed to love your mother and your father? And of course, one smart little lady said, "Yeah, you know, honor thy father and thy mother," which of course is the fourth. And I said, "Well, is there a commandment about?" Uh, loving your brothers and sisters, and almost immediately I get this, thou shalt not kill. <laughs> mercy. It is about mercy. <laughs> and it truly is about mercy. You know, we are called to be uh, a people of mercy, and, and our belief, our deep belief, of course, is in a God who, who shows that to us. And, uh, you know, came to forgive our sins and called us into this body of Christ that we call Christianity and for us and particularly of course uh, uh, Catholic Christians and I think um, you know for many of us uh, it, it really does seem like religion is something to be treated in a passive way you know, we expect to receive much from the practice of our religion. In other words, we do what we do in our Christianity in order to get something. And maybe it's peace of mind, forgiveness, a sense of being right with God. Well, and I sure hope so with all of those things. The promise of salvation and eternal life had better be about those things. But we don't think much about what we are asked to give. And religion, like so many, you know, for lack of better terminology in this day and age, for so, like so many other commodities in this consumer age, is expected to bring benefits. So is it any wonder then that some complain, and not just disaffected youth, that they don't get anything out of the practice of our religion or from our public worship? You know, what's in it for me seems to be the prevailing attitude. And our gospel today sets the tone for this prayer that we are about on this Sunday. You know, an experience of the risen Lord brings resurrection faith. You know, peace in the, the calming of questioning minds and hearts. And hopefully overwhelming joy. And then because of this, there is 
dynamic participation in the work of proclaiming the good news. Hmm. Sadly, uh, what is often missing in Christian living is a compelling sense of mission. You know, and that's, that's what we are brought into when we're baptized, is the mission of Jesus Christ. That's what the church is about. Not just holding it all to ourselves, but missioning, going out and, and doing the good gospel work of Jesus Christ and bringing others to him. The mission is not just about a relationship in Honduras. Mission is the work that we have when we walk through that door at the end of Mass. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, you know, I, I see an overly passive laity. And that is really not too much your fault. It's a result of many centuries of teaching that holy orders is the source of a call to share in the mission of Christ. You know, sees itself as uh, the primary worker, you know. Everybody thinks that the priests are the ones that are supposed to do all of this. That it's our responsibility to go out and, and do the mission and bring others to Jesus. But all of us are, are you know, told that that's what we must do. That's, you know, we're agents, all of us, of extending the gospel of Jesus Christ, of establishing God's reign in the world. You know, you, you are an overly passive laity waiting for the priest to do everything. And that has to end. You know, we, uh, it was a day when this diocese had five, six hundred priests. When I was ordained, there were still 300 active priests. Today, there's about 170, and by 2020, there's only 100. I'll still be one of those. You know, seminary looks good. It's full right now, but it's going to take some many years uh, to get back to a, an easy life, so to speak. So you're responsible. You know, you're called to take the gospel out into the world. The Second Vatican Council, you know, provided a lot of insight into um, who you are called to be, you know, and, and where we are right now. And it, the documents of the Second Vatican Council said that where we still are right now, 50 years after the council, is the wrong place to be. The priests cannot do it all. And passivity for each and every one of us is just not acceptable, laity or priest at all. You know, with Father Tom Ray's uh, ordination a few years or a few weeks ago, and the very fact that he has been on staff here, he of course will be leaving. He'll be taking a new assignment with the archdiocese. Uh, that'll probably happen towards the end of June. And when that happens, it offers the opportunity here in the parish for us to do some reorganization of staff. And the reorganization is going to be about equipping you to go out and do that work that must be done. 
know, the legionaries do it really well. They have something called Regnum Christi, where they, you know, go out amongst the laity and help the laity to understand their responsibility. Building leaders to go out and do God's good work, and, and that's what we are going to begin to focus on and to push you out the door and hopefully have you doing the good work of Jesus Christ in the world. And today's first reading is St. Peter's very dramatic, charismatic discourse following the cure of the crippled beggar at the temple gate. And Peter, what he's doing here is he's proclaiming Jesus as the righteous servant of God and the author of life through whom all enter into a new existence. But others need to know about that. We can't keep it to ourselves. This, this Christ, as the second reading tells us, is the source of expiation or forgiveness of sin for all those who know and believe in him. And that's, that's what he came for. And one would hope that we are so overjoyed about that, that, that heaven is ours because of that, that we would want to go out and share it. But we don't. And because we don't, people just walk away. People are attracted to places where they do. They, they, they leave the, this church where the, the fullness of the faith, to the extent that we can know it on this earth, is found. We will never, ever save ourselves by concentrating on ourselves. We do so only by accepting our rightful share in the church's mission. It's Jesus' mission. This child was about to be baptized into it. We were all baptized into it. But share it. Share it you must. You know, that mission calls us out of passivity and into celebrating our every effort of life for others. You know, by the very way that you live, by the very way that you act, you are calling others to the Lord. You know, this is uh, not a well-known fact at the moment, but uh, there are hundreds of thousands of Muslims converting to Christianity right now because of ISIS, because of the horrible persecution of Christians in the Holy Land, these Muslims who are not into that are seeing truth in Christianity and realizing that their religion is not a religion of peace and wanting nothing to do with it. They see that when horrible things happen to Christians and Muslims alike, the only people stepping forward to care are the Christians. And they want that for themselves. And we have to help others to see the love of Jesus Christ that, that is being shared in that way here today in Deerfield Township, in Mason, in Loveland, right now. Our Holy Father has proclaimed a new Jubilee year. Sort of out of sync with uh, Jubilee years. They're supposed to be every 25 or so. It's a, a jubilee year of mercy, you know, and it's a year for us to come to understand why Jesus came, and then being 
you know, convinced of that, sharing it with others. I just want to share with you a couple things that he said in what is called the indiction or the letter proclaiming this year, which was uh, just put out the other day. He says, firstly, Jesus Christ is the face of the Father's mercy. And these words might well sum up the mystery of the Christian faith. Mercy has become living and visible in Jesus of Nazareth, reaching its culmination in him. And so we have this right and duty and responsibility of, of sharing this good news with others. He goes on, he says, we need constantly to contemplate the mystery of mercy. It is a wellspring of joy and serenity and peace, and our salvation depends on it. And then in closing, he says, at times we are called to gaze even more attentively on mercy so that we may become a more effective sign of the Father's action in our lives. You know, if we recognize it and it's happening and our lives are more full of joy because we realize that that our sins are forgiven, then we, we ought to want to share that. He says, for this reason I have proclaimed an extraordinary jubilee of mercy as a special time for the church, a time when the witness of believers might grow stronger and more effective. Live your life in that way. Let others see it. Be the person who invites others into this life of ours. You know, we're sorely amiss in that responsibility. Remember that you are mission, just like myself, Father Kevin, Father James, you go out and show God's love. And in doing that, um, to change the world, to, to turn it into the reign of God, what what Jesus came to show us how to do. So let's work together well in this as life goes on and uh, help others to know uh, the love, the salvation, the mercy of Jesus Christ.